I'm Virginia Allen, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Friday, January 12th. Here are today's headlines. We begin today's show with the Middle East. The U.S. and the U.K. carried out airstrikes against Yemen's Houthi rebels in the last 24 hours. The strikes are in response to the Houthis' repeated missile and drone attacks on commercial ships in the Red Sea. Well, now the Houthis have vowed that they will bring retaliation. Well, Robert Greenway is the director of the Allison Center for National Security here at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now to explain more. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. First, would you just uh, explain a little bit of the broader situation here? What and who was the U.S. and the U.K. targeting as it relates to the Houthis? Were there strongholds, specific leaders that they were targeting in these airstrikes? So we're still getting information in uh, to corroborate what we know and have been told by both governments, uh, coalition governments writ large, is they conducted uh, about a dozen strikes against four principal facilities that have been responsible for detection uh, and launch of cruise missiles at international maritime shipping, of which there have been some 26 separate incidents in the Red Sea in just the past month, and also against uh, airfields where drones are launched, which also comprise attack against our own naval vessels and commercial international shipping. And I should add that in each of these cases, the Houthis are utilizing equipment and training provided by Iran. And Iran has historically maintained a presence in Yemen, as they do uh, in all of the locations where they have surrogates and proxies. And absent that provision of capability, the Houthis would not be capable of conducting these attacks. Now, if we see a resurrection, a resumption of these attacks from the Houthis, we'll then be able to judge the extent to which we inflicted damage upon them. Because if they're able to continue these attacks, then obviously we have more work to do. And they're promising that they are going to bring retaliation. Do we have any sense of what that might look like or how serious those threats actually are? Well, they're certainly serious. They've obviously demonstrated the intent. They have hit commercial shipping before. This isn't a new phenomenon. Uh, they have simply increased it. And if they're allowed to, they'll increase it further. So there's no question that the motive and the means are there. Uh, and the opportunity is really at issue. Either we remove the capability from them or they're going to continue to employ it. There isn't a third uh, a third option in this. And unfortunately, the peace deal that the administration has attempted to broker and force between the Saudis and internal parties on the ground and the Houthis has always been sort of a mirage. This capability has just been amassing in greater quantities, and now we're having to deal with it. Uh, there never really was a real genuine prospect, as there isn't a way to negotiate with terrorist organizations. And as you know, one of the first steps that the Biden administration took when they came in office was to remove the Houthis from the foreign terrorist organization list. And as a designated terrorist organization, it was one of the last actions we did in the Trump administration. I was going to ask you about that. Why? Why was that one of the first actions that the Biden administration decided to take when Biden entered the White House, that he removed this designation of the Houthis being labeled as a terrorist organization? Why make that change, especially given what we're obviously seeing from them now, that they are still a terrorist organization. They, they sure are. Uh, and not only that, we're not willing to call them or designate terrorists, but we're willing to strike them with military assets, which is an interesting uh, juxtaposition. 
I think the rationale had been at the time that the the overarching strategy in the Middle East and the Biden administration has changed. We were going to appease Tehran, its surrogates and proxies, and encourage them to better behavior and provide economic incentives in order to do it. That hasn't worked, and it isn't working. And so, not surprisingly, the, the strategy applied, the policy decision, has proved unfruitful. They've had a hard time defending this decision. But again, I think they were after, uh, in Yemen's case, they were after a, a ceasefire and an end to cessation of hostilities between warring parties on the ground in Yemen and the Saudis, who were working with uh, the government of Yemen at the time against the Houthis. Uh, and our goal, the U.S. administration's goal, and the Trump administration was to support our partners against eliminating this terrorist organization as a threat. And the Biden administration came in and reversed it entirely. And now we're seeing the results of it. Well, we'll obviously continue watching the situation unfold over the weekend and beyond. Robert Greenway of the Heritage Foundation, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Republicans in the House are continuing to call for action on the border and criticize the Biden administration for its handling of our southern border. And today, House Speaker Mike Johnson released a document detailing 64 ways that the Biden administration has weakened America's border. So I won't go through all 64 points that the House Speaker lays out, but I'll share a few with you. The first point listed is Biden's order that stopped construction of the border wall. Point three is President Biden's U.S. Citizenship Act, which would provide amnesty to millions of illegal aliens in the U.S. and sent a very clear message to illegal aliens that if they entered the country, they would not be deported. Point 24 among the 64 is the United States Border Patrol release of 50,000 aliens without giving them a notice to appear, a court date. Instead, the illegal aliens were told to self-report to ICE on their own. According to the speaker, 87% of the illegal aliens failed to report. So if you want to read all 64 of the points, we have them linked in today's show notes. Johnson wrote on X, formerly Twitter, that on 64 occasions, he, meaning President Biden, has manipulated the federal bureaucracy to open our borders to illegal immigrants human trafficking, fentanyl, and potential terrorists. The result is a humanitarian and national security catastrophe, according to the House Speaker. Johnson is calling on Biden to use his executive authority to repair what he has broken. Meanwhile, GOP lawmakers in the House are still moving forward with the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Jewish students at Harvard University are suing their school. The Jewish students allege that the college has become a bastion of rampant anti-Jewish hatred and harassment. The lawsuit was filed in federal court in Massachusetts and alleges that Harvard professors have pushed anti-Semitic messaging and intimidation of students who display disagreement. The lawsuits state that mobs of pro-Hamas students and faculty have marched by the hundreds through Harvard's campus shouting vile anti-Semitic slogans and calling for death to Jews and Israel. One set of plaintiffs are members of Students Against Anti-Semitism. They allege that the university has allowed harassment, assault, and intimidation of Jewish students on campus following Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th. Of course, the lawsuit comes on the heels of Harvard President Claudine Gay stepping down from her role as president after her tumultuous testimony before Congress in December. 
We end with breaking news out of Finland today. Member of the Finnish parliament, Pevi Resinen, is being dragged back to court after winning a victory in a significant religious freedom and free speech case last year. In November, we covered right here on the show that Resinen won a long legal battle that stemmed back to 2019 over her posting a Bible verse on social media. So, in 2019, Resonant criticized the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland for supporting an LGBTQ pride event. She wrote on what was then Twitter that the church has announced that it is the official partner of SETA in Pride 2019. SETA is an LGBTQ organization. She also tweeted, how does the doctrine of the church, the Bible, fit together with the fact that shame and sin are raised as a matter of pride? Included in her tweet, she posted a photo of a pamphlet citing Romans 1, verses 24 through 27, which teaches that women exchange natural sexual relations for unnatural ones, and men committed shameful acts with other men. In November, the Helsinki Court of Appeals unanimously cleared her of all wrongdoing, as well as a bishop who was also involved in the case. They were both cleared of all charges. But today, we learned that the Finnish state prosecutor is appealing the case to the Finnish Supreme Court. Alliance Defending Freedom International is representing Resonin in the case. Resonin said today that she is not afraid of the hearing before the Supreme Court, even though I am fully aware that every trial carries risk, she said. An acquittal from the Supreme Court would set an even stronger positive precedent for everyone's right to free speech and religion. And she added that and if the court decided to overturn the lower court's acquittal, I am ready to defend freedom of speech and religion as far as the European Court of Human Rights, if necessary. For now, we are waiting to learn whether the Finnish Supreme Court will take the case. If they don't, the lower court's ruling will stand in favor of Resonin. With that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for being with us this Friday afternoon here at The Daily Signal for top news. If you haven't had the chance, make sure to check out our morning show. On Monday morning, I'm excited to be sitting down with Dr. Shay Bradley Farrell as we discuss her brand new book, Last Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. She breaks down her time in Hungary recently and why Hungarians are warning that some of the language that they're seeing out of America is very similar to what they saw from the Soviet Union. Also, make sure to take a minute to subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you like to listen. We hope you all have a wonderful weekend if you have MLK Day off on Monday. Hope you enjoy the extra day with family, with friends. We will see you right back here on Monday morning. We will not have a top news edition Monday afternoon, but we will again on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.